Good morning, everyone. I would like to first start by welcoming any guests here, as I know it was the graduation at the University of Mary yesterday, and to any graduates graduating after your whole college experience. After eight years, I know what graduation uh, means. And so congratulations. It's also prom season, if you didn't know that. Last night I had prom, uh, I had mass for the prom uh, kids at St. Mary's. We have graduation coming up. Reminds us, right? We can lose perspective on what just happened two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Easter. And so just a little reminder that Jesus rose from the dead three weeks ago. And to not lose sight of that, to go back to it, the importance of the resurrection as Christians. Now, lucky for you, that's not my homily. Here we go. Our homily is from the gospel. This great, amazing gospel, Jesus appearing to the apostles and write the beautiful focus on the good St. Peter, the man who's all full of energy and zeal and crashes like a bunch of bricks falling from a building and Jesus having to come and rescue him. And so this gospel, right, Jesus comes, we have the opening. We have the opening of this gospel. If you look closely, right, it goes back, Peter is not addressed as Peter anymore, he's addressed as Simon. He is on the sea, right, he goes fishing, doing what he knows the thing that he's done his whole life. Why everyone? Again, it was only a few days prior to this that he betrays Jesus three times. That St. John writes this gospel in response to write what Peter has done. And if we read it and pray with it carefully, I love this, right? How do we know that Peter denied Jesus three times? It's because Peter told the story. Peter told people how he denied Jesus three times. Why would he do that? That's absurd. It's absurd only if we miss the point about what Jesus does later in this gospel. What Jesus does for each and every one of us. And so Peter's fishing, right? He goes back after the denial to where he's comfortable, what he's always believed. That he goes back to his past way of life, his life before encountering Jesus. We have the charcoal fire, supposed to, right, send bells ringing in our head about the night that he betrayed Jesus. And then Jesus stands on the side of the sea, right? Says, cast your net. Just like he said when he called Peter at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Peter only recognizes, right, Jesus 
when John, the beloved apostle, says it's the Lord, they're only 100 yards out, rather close to the edge. And so Peter jumps into the water and his usual zeal runs to meet Jesus. Everyone, I think we have to take a moment. We have to take a moment to appreciate, to feel with Peter the utter, like, shame, the sadness, the disappointment, maybe the anger that he had toward himself, the confusion, uh, the, dis- the hopelessness that he was experiencing at this point. He just denied God. (laughs) Imagine what that feels like for him. That's the place he's at as he comes before Jesus. Filled with self-focus, with self-concern. The lie, wow, am I a failure. Wow, I still can't get my act together. Jesus will never love me. All these things running through his head. And what does Jesus do? He pulls Simon Peter close and he says, Simon, do you love me? Three times for his three denials. Simon, do you love me? Simon, Do you love me? And you hear Peter, you can feel him getting more and more tense, more and more uncomfortable, to the point of distress. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. That Jesus comes, everyone, and it's displayed beautifully in this gospel, And we hear it in the responsorial psalm. Jesus came to rescue Peter from his own anguish, guilt, shame, burden, sadness. Why? So that he can give give back to him his identity, remind him how much he's loved. Remind him that it's not where we fail that defines us. It's not our faults and failures. It's God's love and mercy that forms us that we have to live out of. Right? You have me all worked up this morning already. It's not healthy for me. Everyone, I don't know how to say it any other way. We have to become convicted. We have to beg Jesus for the faith that what he says, that what he calls us to, that he loves us, that we're his beloved children, is more real, is more tangible 
is, one of, is the most profound reality that exists in this world. As I told the prom kids last night, what will change in 10 years, you'll look back and say, wow, why did I wear that? But the one thing that does not change, it can't change. If it does change, our life doesn't mean anything. Is God's love for us. And he wants to free us. He wants to unbind us. He wants to loosen the fetters, break down the walls of our own self-focus, self-concern, shame, guilt, burden that we carry, everyone. That we don't have to carry the burden and guilt of our sin, of our weakness, of the lies that Satan whispers into our ears. When we've been freed of those things, Jesus says to us, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Because where I want to lead you, what I want you to experience now, is the radical freedom that Jesus can give so that you can live freedom, happiness, love, joy, peace, patience, forever with me in heaven. That I want you to experience it now. Everyone, as we receive Jesus today, in the Eucharist, we bring before him our needs. But also we ask, we beg, we come before him in our weakness and our littleness and ask him, Jesus, let me know your love. Jesus, show me the profound love that you have for me.